for joining us for another episode of Fort Worth Roots. Did you uh, think you're going to ask that question today? <laughs> to a doctor? No, I did not. Yeah, but um, right. So, like, you know, colon, rectum, anus, already uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Lots of slang words we have for all of those things. The space between the genitals and the anus. The official term is perineum. Yep. Most people don't know that. Most people get very embarrassed trying to describe the area. So I'll just say, like, you can call it a taint. It's okay and to you tell j- your doctor. Yeah. And like, I don't care what we're, I, I don't go and, you know, probably with your friends, you could go on a long list and, you know, list 15 things. It could be a drinking game. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if you could you, add that's trivia. Right. If you can't think of a name for it, you have to take a shot. <laughs> um, this may be my all time favorite episode, but by the end of this, you will all be asking yourself, should I get my tailpipe checked? Most of the guests that come on the Fort Worth Roots have something to promote. Their band, their art, or an event that's coming up. Our guest today is extremely passionate about her field of study and what she does for a profession. And she is equally passionate about this event. So much so that she tried to get on every podcast in the Fort Worth area. And the Fort Worth Roots podcast was thrilled to have her on to talk about the Colon Cancer Cook-Off. It's a friendly competition amongst area chefs following colon health guidelines. Admission is free. There will be trivia prizes and more. If you've ever wanted free advice from a doctor, you can go to this event. Uh, Also, on this episode today, we are uh, joined by a doctor, a very nice doctor, a very forgiving doctor who was, um, she she never even tried to make me feel bad that two times before we got to the portion of the recording that you're going to hear today, two times the system failed. The roadcaster died on me and we lost the entire file twice. (laughs) Not a cute moment. And also in this recording, you're going to hear my voice not sounding quite right because the night before, I had the best time with the local podcast community and one very distinguished member of the uh, of the Amplify 817 crew after we attended the Visit Fort Worth annual event. We had an excellent time at that event. Thank you so much, Visit Fort Worth, for bringing us to the show. And a big shout-out to all my homies inside the pod squad here in Fort Worth. We have such a great community of Fort Worth podcasts. I'm going to make sure and put those in the show notes today. If you don't know about Fort Worth podcasting, you need to check out these other shows. My personal favorite, Fort Worth Roots podcast, of course. But we have other really awesome shows here in Fort Worth, Texas. So you got to check them out. If you like the fact that we're local and that we focus on the community here, you're also going to like these other podcasts. So make sure you check the show notes for that. Just like always, our events and uh, all of our sponsors will be talked about at the end of this episode. Today, I do want to highlight Woodpost Metalworks. You can find them at woodpostmetalworks.com and use offer code PODCAST817 to get 10% off at checkout. They specialize in metal signs with or without LED backlighting, fence and gate repair or installation, light steel fabrication, industrial plasma cutting, and more. Again, that is woodpostmetalworks.com. And thank you for being a sponsor of the Fort Worth Roots Podcast. Usually during these recordings, when we have a guest on, we try to talk a lot about where they're from and their entire life story. But she did such an incredible job of doing kind of an autobiography on her website, which is not something you see with a lot of physicians. But you can find all of her personal information on her actual website. It is www.bethany.malonemd.com. 
And if you have a TikTok account, you can find some really excellent content on her TikTok account. It is Bethany Malone MD, and she has videos on here with hundreds of thousands of views. Go there for medical information or go there for a really good laugh because she delivers all of this stuff in a very professional yet comedic way. So it's fun to check out. Again, on TikTok, it's Bethany Malone MD. We'll have these links in the show notes, of course. Okay, folks, that's enough talking out of me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Don't forget, Sunday at 4 p.m., the Colon Cancer Cook-Off will be at Funky Picnic Brewery with our friend. Give it up for our friend, Dr. Bethany Malone. And let's start the show. Had notes here, Dr. Bethany Malone. Did I say it correctly? Yes. Okay. A Fort Worth-based private practice colon and rectal surgeon here today to promote an event that will be held Sunday, March 5th at Funky Picnic called Colon Cancer Cook-Off. Going to have a friendly competition amongst area chefs following dietary guidelines associated with decreased risk of colon rectal, colorectal cancer. Um, our... The chefs that are participating in this, do we know any of them? So one is the head chef at Funky Picnic. Okay. And then one of the other ones is at Dusty Biscuit. Mm-hmm. And then, the you know, the chefs kind of arranged it themselves. So when I first approached Funky Picnic about it, they were telling me, oh, our kitchen's not really set up for a huge cook-off. I'm like, let's just do two chefs. And they're like, we'll reach out to people we know. And um, a lot of their chef network were really interested in the mm-hmm. event. And it was people they trusted in their own kitchen, right? It's like, you know don't bring anyone into your home he's like okay these guys i know aren't gonna like mess my kitchen up so they they can come do their stuff here um so they've kind of taken the the lead on arranging the different chefs so they've told me four to five i've been trying to get more details because people want to know you know Mm -hmm. you always look everything up before you go to eat but i'm just so excited that other people are excited about this project too. Now, did you, you, you're, you're the one putting all this on, right? Yeah. Um, so I've had this idea for a couple of years. So oh. there's all different kinds of, uh, cancer and public health outreach events. And a lot of them center around five K's, mm-hmm. which is fine, but people who are fitness oriented tend to be health oriented also. Right. Um, not everyone can run a five K. Yeah. Um, for different reasons, not even, that's not a moral judgment at all. Not everyone is a runner and that's fine. Everyone's got to (laughs) eat. Um, and you know, we all are raised in a way like food is love. Mm -hmm. Food is how you celebrate. Food is how you mourn. Food is how you show support for people. Um, and it's a decision that we make every day. So I thought having a more food based event, um, would be, more applicable to more people and more sure. relatable. It's not scary. It's like right. I don't have to train to go eat and drink a beer. Yeah. And and scary is a good word to bring up too. I was going to ask you about this. Whenever somebody whenever you first tell somebody what your specialized field is, do they all get the same look on their face? Like Yeah, like why would you do that? Like I said terror kind of I don't <laughs> cuz something that you said in one of your videos is like you don't think about these things until it's not working correctly. Right. Like and anus. And it's a problem. But yeah. whenever whenever you say these words, colon, colorectal, anus, things like that, it's 
it's a little bit alarming, I think. Yeah, it gets less comfortable the more you go through. Colon? <laughs> okay, that's fine. I, I guess it's a punctuation mark. Yeah. Rectum? Dang near killed him. Okay, I guess it's a joke. <laughs> Anus? It's like, wait, what? Can we say that? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then there's other words, too, where like people, like, we just, because we don't talk about those parts of the body, people don't even have the language to describe it. Like, mm-hmm. when someone talks about the space between your anus and your genitals, like, the perineum is the official word, and people just don't know the word. I'm like, it's okay. You can say there's, taint. There's lots of words. Yeah, there are yeah. lots of words. Use your word of choice. I'm not judging you. Yeah. I just want to know what's wrong. Right. And you see this wave of relief. Like, they're afraid to say it. And I'm like, yeah. don't be, like, I re- you're really not going to offend me. We're, we're in the, the tree of trust here. It's okay. <laughs> right. You're safe. Right. Yeah. So you're using food to bridge the uh, the uncomfortable gap there. Yeah. That's and good. Um, I, one of the things, like, you know, we're all bombarded with diet culture and things like that. And a lot of times when people get information about eating, it's weight loss centered. Mm -hmm. So you hear things like, you know, paleo, keto, all these South Beach, it's all, they're all diets for weight loss. Um, But we don't really talk about eating for health. Um, So from this perspective, it's promoting health. I don't care what your weight is. And there are all ways all of us can be healthier, no matter what our weight is. And you don't need to be perfect. Um, And one of the things I like about looking at colon cancer risk reduction, a lot of these guidelines apply to heart health as well. Saw that, yeah. mm -hmm, So it's it's easy. To me, I'm like, keep it simple. It's good for your heart. It's good for your colon. Everything's fine. Right, right. Is there an exclusionary exclusionary diet that you just listed off a few of them that you think is good for heart health and colon health? I think everyone is so different. So um, uh, one of the things that bothers me a little bit about keto, for example, is that it's very low carbohydrate and mm-hmm. fiber is a carbohydrate. Right. Um, and if you kind of talk to more nutritionists or especially like the functional medicine space, they do promote that people eat carbohydrates, but more complex carbohydrate, low glycemic index, slowly digested carbohydrates. So I think cutting out carbohydrates completely, again, it's popularized for weight loss, which is not the same thing as long-term health. Sure. Yeah. I've played with different diets, seen which one works for me, and none of them seem to really in- increase my energy or make me feel better. The, the exclusionary mm-hmm. type diets like keto and whatever else. Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying to kind of dial it in and figure out what I should be eating. And then whenever you're trying to choose stuff um, outside of your own kitchen, you right? Know, going out to eat, there's really no option for healthy eating. I'm There are a few places that you know, they make the claim, but what ingredients are they using? Things right, like who that. knows? So it, it is, it's a complicated thing. And our society is not built around that kind of health and nutrition, food that is good for your body, unless, yeah, we're talking weight loss. And then you've got lots of different options for that because people spend money on it and it's a multi-billion dollar industry. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And with how much money people spend on it, over time, our society has gotten more obese and more overweight, yeah. too. Um, I, you know, we talk in the surgical world about surgical risk, and obesity is linked to surgical risk, but I would never deny a patient an operation because of their size, especially sure. when we're talking cancer. I'm like, no, this is stupid. Like, sure, it's a risk factor. Sure, it might make things more difficult, but I'm never going to say no. Now, what is the that. increase in risk for an obese person? Is it just more 
tissue in the way? Yeah, there, so there's more tissue to heal. So right. there's, you know, say we're talking about colon surgery where we remove mm-hmm. a part of the colon, connect it back together. So the things that need to heal are the connection between the two pieces of intestine, yeah. which has its own associated leak rate. Um, but there's also the healing of just the skin and soft tissues. Yeah. So just mathematically, if there's more skin and soft tissue, it takes that amount of the body more time to heal. More healing um, time is probably associated with uh, more chance of infection or mm-hmm. things yeah. like that. And there's uh, simple things too, just like um, laying perfectly still during surgery is very unnatural and people don't think about that. Even when you're asleep, you move around. So just the weight of someone's body laying perfectly still on an operating table, there's more things like shoulder pain, hip pain, musculoskeletal pain, just from mm-hmm. the positioning during surgery. Yeah. Just if it's a terribly long surgery, then you got to worry about pressure sores and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. But we can deal with all of it. Yeah. Right. It's like it's manageable. Yeah. Yeah. So this event that we need to talk about, because that's why you're here, um, what else is going to be going on there? There was a lot of notes that you sent me and I just kind of took the bulk of it, but what else will be going on that day other than just really awesome chefs cooking great food? Um, So there will be two rounds of trivia. Um, Mm. So they do a regular trivia night at Funky Picnic and their trivia guy, his father actually survived colon cancer. So he... Are you going to be allowed to play this game? So I'm going to tell all doctors there that they're not allowed to play. I'm like, if you graduated medical school, you cannot play. And depending on the numbers, we may have them team up with people who are playing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You go sit at that table. Right. 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 You help okay. these people with it. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's fair. If, oh, but I don't know what the trivia is. If it's all like pop trivia that is related to butts, you know, having a degree may not help you Okay, at all. so you're not putting the questions together? Oh, no, together. I'm not putting it together, okay. yeah. So he's putting it together, and it's going to be colorectal themed mm-hmm. um, with you know, with some pop culture things in there, too. And we've got some fun prizes that we're giving away as part of it. Um, we're going to have set up where people in the audience can submit questions anonymously, and okay. then we'll answer them in front of the group out loud. Okay. Um, you know, just to create a safe space where it's like, hey, this question's kind of embarrassing, but I got all these doctors here. They're not going to know who I am like right might as well ask it free advice yeah and you know if one person has a question other people will too um and then um we'll we'll have the crowd vote for the winning chef so there's kind of two ticket ranges Mm -hmm. um for ten dollars there's a tasting ticket which includes one tasting of each dish as Mm -hmm. well as a vote for the winner and then there's a $30 VIP wristband that includes unlimited tastings and I believe they're doing two themed beers Um, and they'll have their beers available for purchase so they uh, Funky Picnic recently won an award at like a Texas brewery competition so they're literally an award winning brewery yeah Yeah. Um, I've been in there a couple times and the last time we were there with a group of friends we had such a fun time like i'm surprised we didn't get kicked out because they have cards against humanity and i was sitting there playing this game with these folks and i barely knew these people but by the time we walked out of funky picnic we were best friends yeah so it was i mean we were just having way too much fun but that's a that's a cool little establishment so this will be fun and that's going to be i lost it may 5th Sunday, March 5th. March 5th. Yeah, from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Admission's completely free. So it's really just like paying to taste the food. And again, they're going to have their full beer selection available for purchase, too. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'll see if we can make it out there. Um, What is some misinformation or maybe just some general things that the public 
doesn't know about in your field? Um, well, so I think one of the biggest fears I see about patients who are going to undergo colon surgery is they're worried they're going to need a colostomy bag. Yeah, that's terrible, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so for colon cancer, the earlier we catch it, the less risk there is of needing a colostomy bag. A right. lot of it depends on the location in the colon or rectum. So rectal cancer, there's a slightly higher chance of ending up with a colostomy. But a lot of times for rectal cancer, even if it's very low, close to the sphincters, which are the control muscles. So Mm -hmm. basically the only oncologic reason that someone might need a permanent colostomy is if their anus is involved with the tumor. And the reason for that is without an anus, if I reconnect someone, they're incontinent. So a colostomy, yeah. Yeah. So a colostomy is easier to manage than that. Mm. Um, But a lot of times with radiation and chemotherapy, we can actually get tumors far enough away from the anus that we can still preserve the anus. So would you say that it's fairly unlikely? You don't see that very often? Correct. Yeah. We don't see it very often. And now with advances in chemotherapy and radiation, we see it even less often than we used to. Yeah. And for stage one and stage two colon cancer, it's cured with surgery. Right. Meaning no, no chemotherapy. No yeah, no mm-hmm. chemotherapy, no radiation, no special CT scans, just getting more frequent colonoscopies to check yeah. the rest of the colon. Oh, that's wonderful. And when do you think that advancement kind of took place? Is that fairly recent? Well, for rectal cancer, a lot of it has been recently. Um, so, and the great thing about the internet is we all share data across the world. So it's like, right. oh, someone in Brazil is doing this. Let's try this here, you know, those kinds of things. So for rectal cancer, I think one of the big shifts is that we've started doing chemotherapy before surgery to shrink tumors up front. Okay. Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, it typically didn't they wait to do that so that they could go ahead and get the surgery out of the way Mm -hmm. and then see if the radiation was even going to be effective, right? Right. And radiation is really only for rectal cancer. For colon cancer, we don't radiate. We have surgery and chemotherapy as our treatment options. Right. In your field, do you you spend a lot of time following up on or or paying attention to uh, tissue regeneration or uh, organ growth? That It's a field of study that's kind of seems like it's accelerating kind of quickly like we're growing stuff in labs and we're able to i guess uh farm our own organs now in laboratories interesting not really for colon as much and um i would think one of the reasons for that is you don't need your colon to live the colon we call a lifestyle organ right it takes digested material turns it solid and so that you can control it till you have a safe place to evacuate. I did not know that. Yeah, so you can live without a colon, rectum, or anus. You cannot live without your small intestine. You can technically live without a stomach. The small intestine is really the only part of your GI tract that is absolutely necessary for survival. Um, so I would think in the GI organ world, kind of... Um, Liver would be something that would be interesting in that field of study because you cannot live without a liver and small intestine. Yeah. And then things like pancreas too, because uh, the pancreas is related to diabetes and diabetes is a bigger problem, you know, becoming more and more of a health problem. So learning some way or creating a way to regenerate pancreas would impact so many people. Yeah. 
So not something that you've been following very closely? No, then? they use some, uh, there is some stem cell research for Crohn's disease, mm-hmm. um, for like complex anorectal Crohn's, which is something I would wish on nobody. It's It can be a very miserable and debilitating. Mm. Um, so I know there's active clinical trials in that. And what do they do with that? Are they replacing tissue? They're kind of like finding the little tunnels and injecting it with stem cells and hoping the stem cells regenerate healthy tissue to like close off these tracts and abscesses and things like that. Yeah. And do you feel like that's a very like mature uh, research field or whatever? Are they getting places with that? I feel like they must be. So I'm not aware of sites in Fort Worth that do it. But when I was in Pittsburgh, um, Mm -hmm. we were an active... uh, recruital site for that study and that was a few years ago so i'm like they're moved forward enough to test it on patients so it's going somewhere yeah i think that we'll either all be living in robot bodies one day or we'll be able to order new pancreases online like oh yeah yeah next day delivery yeah (laughs) (laughs) just sleep on the porch when you wake up they'll have uploaded your pancreas (laughs) (laughs) something like that i don't know but i'm fascinated by all that stuff and and, you know misinformation is rampant you don't know how much of what you're seeing is uh, clickbait or if it's an actual uh, medical advancement right and you know I, again, I'm a huge fan of keeping things simple. I think sometimes what can happen is there's this clickbait aspect and then it gets just blown out of proportion. And then the question is, well, does this fancy thing, do I even need this fancy thing? Um, Like, I don't mean to say that cancer is easy, but from a treatment perspective, cancer is like, can I remove it? Can I not remove it? Right. And okay, if I can remove it, great. Are there signs it spread microscopically? Yes. Then we treat that with chemo. Like it's very boom, 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 algorithmic. Yeah. Um, and I think overall simple. I'm not saying the process is simple sure. for a patient to live through, but right. at least it's straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cancer is one of the most awful things to see a loved one go through. Mm-hmm. But um, what you're saying is... The formula is pretty simple yeah, for and, treatment. Yeah, and yeah. I think another common misconception is people think if they don't have risk factors, they shouldn't get screened. Yeah. You know, it's like, well... My, I'm, my family doesn't get that. Right, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> no one in my family has cancer, you mm. know. I, I exercise regularly. Um, and, and you know, can, colon cancer screen is like we have colonoscopy, which is not fun. And then yeah. we have stool-based tests. And for some people collecting their stool... For most people, collecting your own stool would not be fun. Right. Um, but for some people, they're very grossed out by that, and that's difficult as well. So it's we have to face these taboos just to get screened for this. Yeah. Um, like from a personal perspective, so my mother had breast cancer. She was Asian, which is one of the races that's lowest risk of most really? malignancies. Um, she did not drink alcohol. She never even tried a cigarette. Um she exercised every day and we ate like so many vegetables all the time and (laughs) ate home cooked meals because we were too broke to eat out so everything was cooked at home and so she thought she didn't need to get screened because she had no risk factors and um she actually found her they found her breast cancer because she was in a minor car accident okay and she had to get a ct scan for that and because she had waited she was a stage three oh Um, which meant that she had to have aggressive surgery, chemotherapy, radiation, and she did have a recurrence and eventually died from that. Um, For most doctors, I think they have the story, my family member had this, so I treat this disease. I'm the opposite. Like, 
I, it's too emotional for me to do breast sure. surgery. So for colon surgery, I still get to treat cancer and I know I never have to operate on a breast. Right. But, you know, from a family member survivor perspective, it like hits me really close where like no one would have predicted that my mother would have gotten cancer. Right. And so that's the attitude I carry to patients. Like, you, you never know. And right. there's so many things now that I wish my mom was around to do. And so for me as a physician and a surgeon, like I get to give those moments to other people. And, you know, yeah. you, you don't know what you don't have. Right? Um, right. You don't know what you could be missing. But it's like even like I get I have this sense of relief when I do a colonoscopy and remove a polyp. Yeah. Tiny little ditzel polyp. I'm like. I just prevented cancer in that patient. I actually find it more stressful to have a colonoscopy where I find nothing because then the interval is 10 years. I'm like, if I missed something, it could grow into a cancer. If I find a polyp, I'm like, okay, we'll scope them again in three to five years, depending on the number of polyps. So I know even if I miss something, it's not long enough for that to grow into a cancer. Yeah, It's crazy. You'd think like, I think from a patient perspective, you're like, oh, negative colonoscopy, I'm good. And for me, I'm like, okay, we're going to go back in a little bit. Let's look around that corner. Like there's a little squirt gun in the scope. I'm like, okay, we're going to wash the walls off really well. Make sure this is okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get that. It, uh-huh. Because if you don't find anything, you've you've given them a larger window for something to go wrong. Right. So you're right. trying to do a thorough job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. So I saw one of your videos. You mentioned that um, colorectal cancer in millennials is actually on the rise. Yes. At a younger age. Is that right? So early onset colon cancer uh-huh. is has been on the rise. Um, And that's why the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force changed the screening age to age 45. Um, The American Society of Colon and Rectal Surgeons and the American Cancer Society have recommended age 45 for longer, but now all those bodies agree that it should be age 45. Now, am I misunderstanding that I thought at 40 years old is whenever males have to go in for uh, that particular... Procedure. It used to be age 50. Okay. And it recently it changed to age 45 okay. for patients without family history or risk factors. Maybe I'm thinking prostate at 40. Maybe. And that I'm <laughs> not as familiar with. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So 45. I've got a little bit of time on that. Uh huh. So is that just don't even worry about it until 45? Or is it a good idea for people to be hyper vigilant and try to get it done before then? So a balance. Um, I would say for people who have symptoms, and Mm -hmm. symptoms can be things like bleeding or blood coming with the stool, changes in bowel movement, so that could be constipation, diarrhea, or the stool getting narrower. Mm. Um, The sensation that when you have a bowel movement, it's not all getting out or like something is stuck, which is a very kind of nebulous concept. Like you feel like you got it out, you don't feel like you got it out or any kind of like weird abdominal symptoms. And then anemia is actually an indication to get a colonoscopy. So if someone has those things early earlier than age 45, I would recommend doing a colonoscopy to check. Okay. And what is anemia? Anemia is a low blood count. Okay. So that can actually be an early sign of colon cancer because these tumors can bleed microscopically. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't see blood in the stool, they're losing blood on a microscopic level and it's happening over a long enough time where the total blood counts can drop. I've I've heard that whether it's urine or stool, you have to lose a lot of blood in order for it to be visible, right? 
Yeah, and it depends. It depends. So for stool, for example, it depends where in the GI tract. Yeah. Like hemorrhoids, they're right at the opening. Right. So you see the blood like right on the toilet paper. Right. But if it's happening further up in the colon, that blood can get broken down by the bacteria. And, you know, like dried blood is brown. Yeah, it's, it's not, not red. Yeah. Bright red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who we're learning a lot today. <laughs> All the fun stuff <laughs> that everyone wants to listen to. I'm glad the roadcaster seems to be doing okay. Um, I don't know that we'll be able to find those two clips that uh, uh, it was having trouble with. We were having issues with the roadcaster when we first started, and it just shut off on us twice. So I'm keeping an eagle eye on this thing, making sure that it doesn't revert or do whatever it was doing earlier. It's such a taboo topic. Even the recorder is yeah, rebelling. It, it couldn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> but earlier, uh, whenever we were having issues, we talked about your videos, and I don't know that we brought that back up during the last 23 minutes, but you have a TikTok channel, and some of your videos have hundreds of thousands of views, and um, I hate bringing stuff back up after we've already recorded, but I don't know that we're going to get that file. Yeah, oh, that's fine. (laughs) But um, I think that that's how I found you. I'm really not sure how we got connected, but I try to keep an an eye on Fort Worth's creators. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of your videos was uh, Pooping Out of the Wrong Place. Mm -hmm. Is that the title of it? I believe it is. Your Poop Coming Out of the Wrong Place. And you said earlier that you'd already posted this video in the past, but you changed the name of it so Mm -hmm. that people would be able to understand what you were talking about Mm -hmm. and that's the one that got a ton of views that one that one's not at a hundred thousand i think that one now is at like 30 or forty thousand, and that was pretty crazy yeah and that happened over like two days (laughs) um but so kind of the idea behind my tiktok one of it is you know covid has changed life for all of us one of the big things we all started doing in covid is doom scrolling right you Mm -hmm. just you're scared you're alone you're on your phone you're looking at all this stuff so it's like well how can i make something that helps these people who are doom scrolling yeah Um, self-diagnosing themselves yeah or just being like scared and alone and not knowing where to turn you're flipping through something and maybe that'll help someone in that scenario yeah um so that's kind of the idea behind it and just putting out more stuff that is relatively reliable right like medicine and science change there's stuff that we know now and is medical practice now that will become outdated like that's just a fact it's what happens um but to kind of increase what people are seeing that's coming from a reliable source versus like well i read on this web page and it's like a jumble of letters dot net or something um so just just trying to get awareness out there about this specific thing that people don't particularly enjoy talking about right or even have the words to describe right yeah i don't did we talk about taints on this recording. Did you uh, think you were going to ask that question today? (laughs) To a doctor? No, I did not. Yeah, but, um, right, so like, you know, colon, rectum, anus, already uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. lots of slang words we have for all of those things. The space between the genitals and the anus, the official term is perineum. Most people don't know that. Most people get very embarrassed trying to describe the area, so I'll just say, like, you can call it a taint. It's okay and to you tell your doctor. Yeah, and like I don't care what we're. I, I don't go and you know, probably with your friends, you could go on a long list and you know list fifteen things. It could be a drinking game, yeah. right? <laughs> if you could you, add that's trivia, right? If you can't think of a name for it, you have to take a shot. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so you'll, I see this wave of relief in patients like, wait, I can call it that? I'm like, all I care is what's going wrong. I don't care what words you use to describe it. Now, like, right. obviously, if someone's coming in with an anorectal problem, like, I don't want them saying the a-hole word, like, 15 times. Like, you know a better <laughs> word to say for that. Um, but, you know, for uh, things that are a little more esoteric, it's like, no, it's fine. Yeah. There's probably got to be some slightly funny moments that you have to probably bite your tongue so not to seem unprofessional i think you know humor for urologist and for colorectal surgery i think humor is part of it to yeah. kind of make people feel comfortable like urologists have the best joke jokes yeah like hands down um <laughs> can you ours, give us an example of a urology joke so i when i was a medical student so you know fully catheter is a catheter you put through the urethra yeah. for to measure people's urine accurately and is it true that those are all one size fits no, it's okay. not true. There's a, a most common size, but there are different <laughs> tips you can use. But so when you're a medical student, a lot of times you learn to do those in the operating room with patients asleep under super sterile conditions. And um, the urologist comes in, he's like, hold it like you mean it. Because if you grab it more than once, you're just playing with it. <laughs> you know, and I'm like a young... You know, I'm in my 20s and it's like this 50-year-old man tell, accusing me of playing with an unconscious man's penis, right? Like, <laughs> I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have humor, I guess, for some of this stuff because mm -hmm. it is uncomfortable. Yeah, and it's different for different people. So, like, obviously in a cancer scenario, like, humor doesn't always play over right, well. Yeah. But in a benign disease scenario, especially for anorectal, people are just so relieved that what they're telling me makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this is the issue. They're like, what? I thought it would... Because you can't talk to anyone about it. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's blood or there's this kind of pain or I feel this weird lump or like there's this weird drainage or, you know, bubbles are coming out when I pee and like, that makes sense to you? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> what is it? What does it mean if bubbles are coming in your so pee? So that can actually be a sign that there's a connection between the colon and the bladder, which is a fistula. Uh, or a connection, you know, an abnormal connection between two things. How does that occur? So usually it happens, it can be a complication of diverticulitis. And what is that? So <laughs> <laughs> We're going to learn some yeah. things today, folks. Yeah, so diverticulitis is fairly common. It's a benign disease. But basically, as we age, our colon develops these extra pockets called diverticula. I, uh -huh. I compare them to like wrinkles in the skin. Okay. And um, they're thinner than the rest of the colon wall. So they can get these tiny little holes in them. And that's what diverticulitis is. For most people, those holes seal up on their own and they never cause long-term issues. Mm. For other people, those holes get a little bigger and can leak air or poop or cause abscesses. Abscesses are like pus pockets of infection. And pus, once it collects, it needs to drain somewhere. Yeah. So what can happen is these abscesses can tunnel into different structures in the area and the bladder is a pretty common one. Wow. Yeah. And most people who develop, that's what we call complicated, like simple diverticulitis, you do nothing, it gets better. Complicated mm. diverticulitis, like, oh, this is where we start talking about surgery. And for most people who have that happen, they've never noticed they had diverticulitis before because, you know, belly aches are so nonspecific. You're like, yeah. I ate a bunch of crap, right? Yeah. Like, like, I've done that, right? It's like, oh, I had nachos. I'm like, maybe that was diverticulitis. Now I'm scaring myself. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> like, you know, with all these little things, you could, you know, it's like WebMD, whenever that came out, I'm sure there was an, just a huge flare-up of um, 
uh, what, what's, what's the condition where everything is a disease and they're dying all the time? Um, it's, it's like, it's worrying, but it's, it's, well, there's one like Munchausen's where like people want to be the, I always get this confused with like the, uh, kidnapper one. Hi, um, hypochondriac. Yeah. Hypo- that's that's yeah. all I was trying to think of was uh-huh. hypochondriac, but in, so WebMD, whenever that came out, people were just diagnosing themselves online. Like, Oh my God, I have this, 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 and this. And, uh, I'm sure with all the other little health apps out there, it just makes things worse. But, um, getting qualified professional information like on your TikTok is is excellent. Yeah, I actually and I don't like promote it to my patients. They just find it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I have one video and like, oh, here's ways that are things to expect after colon surgery. Mm-hmm. And she found it and she shared it with all her roommates to say, hey, I'm going to go have surgery with Dr. Malone. This is what to expect afterwards. So now we can get the house all ready. So like everyone's ready when I come back home after surgery. <laughs> it was really helpful for her. And I was like, I don't have to explain it. Just watch this. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So you have two health goals for 2023, and mm-hmm. I thought this was interesting because at least one of these things on your list should definitely be on my list, uh, but you said that you want to go to the dentist and do a colon screening for yourself, even though it's it's not inside your age bracket. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's too early for you to get one anyway, but that was, those were your two health goals for 2023. How are those going? Um not good (laughs) we're only in february yeah cut me some slack yeah well so yeah and i used to be very good about going to the dentist and i'm one of the people who routine health things fell to the wayside during covid so i moved back to fort worth in august of 2020 Mm -hmm. um and i know texas has not been as restrictive as some other states but for me i treat patients with cancer i treat patients with inflammatory bowel disease who are immunosuppressed Um, so i was doing a little more of kind of burrowing away to protect my patients i wasn't worried about my own risk um but like dental work, it's like, you're right in the mouth. It's all respiratory. So that's COVID central. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I hadn't like found anyone yet. And now um, since I recent, I joined my practice, my current practice almost a year ago, and I have new insurance with that. So I'm like, okay, I really need to just find a dentist. And now my kids are old enough where they should probably start seeing dentists also. Yeah. And my husband hates going to the dentist. So he has not prioritized that yeah. at all. So I really just have to find one and make an appointment. Yeah. It's not hard. No. I know which gastroenterologist I want to do my colonoscopy. Um, and I'm almost thinking like, because it's weird when you're in medicine because you know everyone. Right. And it's not just that, that I know the doctors. It's like I know all the techs and nurses who would be <laughs> in the room during my colonoscopy. Yeah. So I'm almost thinking, should I do like a promposal? For my colonoscopy, like Doctor So and So, yeah, yeah, you got to do it now. Like, here's a rose. (laughs) If you could get it on video, that would also be great, right? Like (laughs) the Bachelor, right? Like, will you accept this rose? Like, will you accept my down payment for a colonoscopy? Like, I don't care what reason you put in my chart. And so, I talked to my partner, um, Doctor Jason Allen, who he is in the age range where screening is appropriate, and I told him, like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much planning on getting one initially i was going to ask him i'm like no he'll have to do my surgery but i'm going to cut him some slack on doing my actual colonoscopy he was like bethany 
I also got one at your age because I also was freaked out. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, good. It's not just Well, me. how could you not freak out too? Because you see stuff all the time. Right? right, right. And like that's kind of one of the sadder things about early onset colon cancers because they're not getting screened is they are found because the patient is symptomatic. And usually okay. by the time it's a cancer late. is symptomatic, right, it's more progressed. Not necessarily yeah. it's too late, but it's more progressed. Right. Um, it's not just a polyp. Yeah, exactly. It's not yeah. just a polyp or like a simple thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now I, I, I'm just, I'm thinking we all need to just go get colonoscopies. Well, and <laughs> right. And, and so, um, I think in the medical world too, like a lot of physicians are against Cologuard or stool-based testing. So there's different methods of stool-based testing and Cologuard is really the best one. So mm -hmm. in my mind, there's two screening methods, Cologuard or colonoscopy. Um, I think most healthcare providers for themselves would choose colonoscopy, but there's a lot of reasons to not get one. No, I think I know the difference. The colonoscopy is they're scoping you, they're going in, they're actually looking inside the right. colon. The other one is just taking the fecal material. Yeah, right? you yeah, you basically scoop some poop and put it in a vial and like send it out in the mail. <laughs> yeah. Like I think in you know the year 2000, that would have been terrorism, right? <laughs> like right. when they were like, oh, there's asbestos like at the post office. Uh, no, it's poo. Right, right. Like, what's worse? Um, yeah, so Cologuard is a stool-based test, and they test for basically DNA mutations. Mm -hmm. That So, like, part of stool, it's not just your digested, undigested material or however you want to call it. Part of it are sloughed cells from the colon lining. Sure. Um, that come off in the stool. And um, what the Cologuard test does is it checks the DNA of those cells for mutations that have been linked to polyp formation or cancer. So it doesn't diagnose cancer. What it really does is, hey, there's a concern here. Now you get a colonoscopy. Right. So I think, you know, I don't even think of Cologuard as a screening test. I think of it as an identifying who should have a colonoscopy test, which right. is different than colon cancer screening. Um, so but then I, I would I would ask, why not just get the colonoscopy? Well, I think most people should, but Cologuard has really improved colon cancer screening rates. So okay. most people are still getting screened with colonoscopy, um, but like 40% of colon cancer screening is happening with stool-based tests. So it is okay. a reality. And it's probably a lot cheaper. It's actually not. What? From a public health perspective. I think, so... Um, the American Medical Association published this recently mm -hmm. that Cologuard screening is actually more expensive. <laughs> so you have to do it every three years. And then if it's positive, it reflexes to colonoscopy. So, um, and I don't recall the data specifically if they compared all negative Cologuards to all negative colonoscopy, but colonoscopy, if it's negative, you get it every 10 years. Yeah. So realistically for most people, you only get, or if you never have any findings, you may get it three or four times your entire life. Right. Right? Like every 10, like, yeah. we're not living till we're 120. Yeah. Um, it'd be, maybe it'd be nice, maybe it'd be worse, I don't know, but we're not living that long. <laughs> yeah. um, and most people stop in their 80s anyway. Right. Um, At that point, it doesn't matter. Right. And so since Cologuard is more frequent and leads to colonoscopy, if it's positive, it's actually over the long term more costly. Huh. But again, if we're screening more people then I think that's the bigger benefit from it. So right. Cologuard is appropriate for people with no family history, no risk factors for colon cancer. Um, and so the data on Cologuard, so the original validation studies were done in 2010. 
Um, and this is my problem with Cologuard. There's no evidence to support this. There's no data to support this. This is my personal opinion, and people are free to disagree with me. Um, but the original subject population was 86% white, 10% African American, 4% Latino, and everything else jumbled in. These these are the numbers of who was tested. Correct. Okay. Yeah, for the original studies to kind of like validate the data, um, and it was pretty much 50-50 men and women, and it was um, ages 50 and up, because when they tested it, the screening age was age 50. So it sounds like there's some extremely mis- or uh, underrepresented uh, ethnicities right. here. Right. So for patients of color, I recommend colonoscopy. We also know stage for stage, black men have the worst mortality rates for colon cancer compared to all other groups. So for black men, I'm like, higher stakes, you weren't fairly represented in the test population. Like to me, the benefit of removing a polyp in a patient of color, especially a black man, is a higher benefit because of the increased mortality risk. So, you know, even patients who come to my office, they're pretty much know they want to do colonoscopy. Mm -hmm. But for patients of color, I review that with them um, just because we learn about things from our family members too. So it's like, you know what, they'll tell their friends, hey, Dr. Malone told me that, you know, Cologuard wasn't tested well enough in black men, and that's why she wants to do a colonoscopy on me, and maybe that'll help someone they know. But again, Cologuard is better than nothing. Yeah. So as you're telling these stories about testing poo, I was thinking (laughs) about something I, I saw and could not believe what I was hearing. So I, you know, it's clickbait. The, the article was clickbait, but I had to dive into it and I did some, some digging and I found that, uh, it was true and people are using cultures of poo from healthy people and administering that to non-healthy people in order to cultivate a uh, better gut biome. Yeah, it's called a fecal transplant. <laughs> oh my God. It's a thing. <laughs> okay, so why? <laughs> yeah, so the most common indication for that is um, a very severe infection called C. diff colitis. Um, okay. C. diff stands for Clostridium difficile. Um, it's a bacteria that most people have, mm-hmm. but what can happen, especially for people who've received antibiotics, your healthy bacteria get killed and the C. diff takes over. And a severe C. diff infection can actually be life-threatening. It can actually be a surgical emergency where we remove the entire colon and give someone an ileostomy bag and for... For what is an ileostomy bag? It's, a, it's like a colostomy, but it's with the small intestine instead of the colon. And for <sighs> emergency surgery like that, that bag has a 50% chance of being permanent. Mm. Um, because, you know, it's it's not a healthy situation you're going on in with. So for fecal transplant, usually the preferred donor is someone who lives with the patient because their healthy microbiome will be most similar to the patient's healthy microbiome. Oh, wow. So there's less of, you can think of it as like less culture shock. Yeah. Um, but so the idea is to like repopulate the colon with healthy bacteria to shove out the C. diff. I think, it, uh, do you watch The Simpsons? I mean, I when I was a kid, I lived yeah. on it, but not right. Lately. Well, there's like an episode where like Smithers is describing how Mr. Burns doesn't die. <laughs> and there's like a doorway and there's a bunch of like bugs shoved in. And because they're all there, like packed in, none, no individual one can get through to kill him. And he's like, this is how Mr. Burns survives. So many things are attacking him at once that no, none of them can take ownership. So the idea is like the healthy bacteria in your colon kind of crowd out the C. diff and the pathologic bacteria. Bacteria. Okay. I mean, that's kind of like part of colon health. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and this C. diff is kind of like, 
any other aggressive bacterial infection like uh, MRSA or yeah yeah and like MRSA there is community MRSA right mm-hmm. lots of people have MRSA that live on their skin right. but they don't have an infection from right. MRSA yeah so it can live on your tissue and and then mm-hmm. if there's a like a an abrasion or a cut that MRSA can get inside of that and now you have a problem right right, right. and it's different to treat versus like other bacteria yeah okay so just kind of like that I had to ask you because that was just the the craziest thing I'd ever heard. And there are people that are actually doing this as a, I guess, a full-time job. Oh, and yeah, there are some people who, I don't know how they identify this, but it's like, oh, you have like the super healthy microbiome. Like (laughs) yeah, your colon bacteria is like a plus plus. You're sitting on a gold mine. (laughs) Right. Or yeah, sitting with an H. Yeah. (laughs) Wild. Yeah. And like that treatment, it does sound gross, um, but it has a lot fewer side effects than like especially compared to surgery, right? Like, yeah. would I have someone transplant poop in me rather than remove my colon and have a bag? Absolutely. Betcha, yeah. Still sounds gross, but yeah, mm-hmm. definitely better than the uh, other alternatives for mm-hmm. sure. Um, we've talked about the event. We have not talked about um, the reason you're on the show. Um, you mentioned in your email that there is something specific about Fort Worth uh, in in your field of study um, it made it sound like there's a particular issue with Fort Worthians uh, that are disproportionately affected by a certain thing I don't know if it was that I can talk about Texas and Fort Worth so Texas has um, one of the lowest screening rates in the country and what what kind of sucks about looking at cancer data and screening data is currently none of the organizations are publishing our data from COVID times. And why not? I'm not sure if it's the normal lag in processing the data or if they just want the COVID pandemic to be over. But, you know, COVID has really messed with a lot of our healthcare delivery for many, many reasons. Um, So all the data we have is from prior to COVID. Um, But prior to COVID, Tarrant County had a screening rate of 59%. Um, for colon cancer. What's the national average? So the national average is just over 60%. So we're below average, but we're not crazy below average. Yeah. Um, I believe it's 64%, but I'd have to double check. So we're not we're not crazy below average. But at, as you've talked about on your podcast with other guests, like that is disparate within different zip codes in Tarrant County. So yeah. again, the worst served zip code we have is 76104 which is where all the hospitals are yeah and did you know that before listening to i did know episode? yes i okay. did know that and i was happy it was mentioned i'm like oh good i don't have to look it up myself now yeah <laughs> um i was just blown away by that because the the difference is i believe a 12 year uh lo- 12 years lower life expectancy in a zip code here in fort worth right um and that's kind of you know, I had approached different places about doing this event, and I was very glad we were able to find a partner in the near south side within mm-hmm. that zip code to help serve that community. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Tarrant County screening rates are a little below average. Um, for Texas, in terms of the increase in colon cancer rates, so colon cancer rates themselves have dropped a little bit but early onset colon cancer has increased more in the state of Texas than the national average. So 
colon cancer diagnosed before the age of 50 has increased in Texas by 2.6% and the national mm. average is 1.4%. So it seems small, but you know, it's a lot of people. Yeah, that's enough to raise some, some eyebrows and right. some red flags. Right. And so um, I think this is a good time to kind of rebuild some steam behind um, trying to educate people about colon cancer screening because the guidelines change so that more patients are eligible. But also with COVID and working from home, there's been a huge influx into the state of Texas from places like New York and California. So we right. just have more people we're taking yeah. care of. There's a lot more. Yeah. And, and there's people from all over, over, excuse me, there are people from all over the world that have moved to our area mm-hmm. in, in just droves over the last six, seven, eight years. Longer, yeah, since the last 50 years. So I'll say, you know, having lived in Boston and New York, like I feel the day-to-day diversity I see has been the greatest in Texas. Mm -hmm. Like living in Boston, I lived there for almost a year before I heard someone speak a language other than English. And I was like, wait, this is weird. (laughs) I hear this every day in Texas. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. we were talking about the the stockyards uh, a couple days ago, but you go down to the stockyards and there's and I know these people are tourists but it's just fascinating how many different languages you can hear just walking down exchange right do you ever go down there yeah or even like if you look at the voting cards like how Uh, many languages now are our voting cards in it used to be just English and Spanish now it's like English Spanish Vietnamese I'm like this is awesome yeah Yeah, this is the melting pot right right (laughs) um do you have any favorite spots here in Fort Worth? I usually ask people if they have a, a favorite drinking spot, if there's a place they'd like to go to just hang out here in Fort Worth. Yeah, so I think it de- you know, I have two small children, so that mm-hmm. does limit like where we can go. Um, but I do think that children and inebriated adults are very similar. It's like, oh, they're staggering around. You can't tell what they're saying, except, and they spill things everywhere. But, like, kids are cute and not harassing you. Yeah. <laughs> um, For Mexican food, for enchiladas specifically, Esperanzas, but their margaritas are dangerous, Esperanzas and Joe And where's Esperanzas? Is Esperanzas right around the corner from Joe T's? Yeah, they're like the same recipes. So Esperanzas, like if you don't want to deal with the crowd at Joe T's, you Uh, do Esperanzas. Joe T's got some big award yesterday at the Visit Fort Worth. Awesome. They were recognized for... I don't. I guess the last hundred years that place has been open, but yeah, it's a Fort Worth staple. And it really is. Can't go to Fort Worth without trying Joe T's. I guess. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. I about well, started that- a riot. I told uh, the people I was sitting with, I was like, you know, it's a nice place, but the food's not that good. <laughs> and they were like, "What did you say?" <laughs> I was like, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's two things on the menu. Does Esperanzas have more on the menu?" Yes, and you order it like individually instead of family style. Okay. So, but I still think their green enchiladas are the best. Yeah. And I like now that in COVID times you. You know, our post-COVID times, you get your alcohol at home because I'm like, you know, I can't really do more than one margarita from them, yeah. and I really don't want to drive afterwards. So right. to have it at home is a lot nicer. Right? Yeah. No, that was. Uh, I couldn't believe that. You know, as restrictive as we are on so many things here in Texas, that yeah, Governor Abbott. I think we were into the COVID thing for about a month or two, and he's like, "Yep, you can take your alcohol to go now." Yeah. Signed it into law. I'm like, really? Okay. Right. Which is like, <laughs> as long as you're not, you know, like Louisiana where a 
cup with a straw in it is a closed container. Like Are as you long serious? as it was at least at some point. <laughs> I'm like, as long as we're not that extreme, like but yeah. yes, letting people drink their alcohol at home is safer for everyone. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. And I think that that probably helped um, restaurants, you know. Yeah, for sure. You know, with everybody struggling, that gave people a little bit of an incentive. Like, okay, you can go to your favorite place and you can get your favorite drink, but you got to take it to go. Mm-hmm. You don't need you breathing on people. Yeah, exactly. Just get it and get out of and here. And that's where restaurants <laughs> make a lot of their profit, too. Their profit margin's way higher for drinks than it is for food. Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this place down the street, Grumps, it opened up about... Well, seven, eight months ago now, but I was talking to the owner and he was talking about the prices on his menu and how he's trying so hard not to raise those prices. So what he's done is he, he puts a little bit of extra cost into the fountain drinks. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why you can go in there and still get a hamburger for less than six bucks. But it's that's it's crazy. because of the soft drinks. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, where can people find you besides your amazing TikTok page? Um, so I guess my link tree has links to everything. Yeah. So my link tree, which is just, I don't, what is it? Linktr.ee slash at Bethany Malone MD or something. I think I, I have it, it on the right show here. Notes. Yeah, it'll yeah. definitely be in the show notes. Yeah, because that has a link to the Facebook page for the colon cancer cook-off. It has a link to... To our donation page to the Colon Cancer Coalition if anyone can't make the event but still wants to donate. And I did speak with Colon Cancer Coalition, so they're going to funnel all the funds we raise back into the Fort Worth community. That's awesome. Yeah, instead of through their national network. Um, and then it has a link to my personal website, which is www.bethanymalonemd.com. So everything's easy. And that's my TikTok handle and my Instagram handle. It's all easy. Yeah. To remember. And I, I skipped that part of the interview, too, because you have a completely in-depth bio, uh, autobiography of everything that brought you to where you are today. Yeah. It's very thorough. <laughs> Thank you. Well, and you know, I, I think in the healthcare space, people are afraid of oversharing personal information, which is sure. fine for safety and things like that. And everyone has their own risk tolerance. But I kind of feel that nothing I shared is anything that if I had a picture of it in my office or had it listed like physically up in my office that people would find inappropriate like well and I gotta say thank you because it's been so hard to get doctors on the show because of the risk associated with you know just putting your name in front of something because there's always somebody out there that wants to call foul or I'm not sure what the full drawback is but I do know it's been difficult to get physicians on the show so thank you very much oh you're welcome (laughs) but how did you find uh our shows did somebody suggest that or yeah so um i was looking at different fort worth area podcasts so you remember like back in the day with like access television and you'd try and watch like local access television and some of it was really good and most of it was very painful very bad yeah Yeah, and so now like (laughs) looking at the fort worth stuff i'm like no most of this is actually really good and um i have a friend who's a local he's a freelance journalist okay so he uh writes and knows a bunch of people he's like yeah this one's great this one's great this one's great so it's like everything had a little seal of approval do we know this guy's name James Michael Russell. Okay. I don't so he covers a lot I... of arts um, in the Fort Fort Worth area. Okay. I know he was just at the Amon. Was he at the at the Modern yesterday? Okay. Uh, covering a piece. So. Well, we just had Edward Brown from the Weekly on. So if he'd like to ever make an appearance and tell us a little bit about what we're missing in Fort Worth, let him know we'd like to have him. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he's the one that lined you up with us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Well, thank you so much for doing this. And um, anytime you'd like to come on and tell us stories uh, about your uh, particular field of interest or just hang out, if uh, if you'd like to co-host an episode, uh, that chair is always open on Saturdays. So if you just want to get some extra uh, publicity, you can come and be a co-host. Oh, great. Thanks. I really appreciate that. Is there anything else you want to tell our, our listeners before oh my we get g- out of here? I feel like I've already overshared. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like we could really go on for, I, I try to keep these around an hour nowadays, but, um, you know, get into stories about awful things you've seen and wonderful stories about how you helped somebody, but uh, we can save that for next time. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> we'll do a part two. People yes. can make requests. A number two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a joke there all right folks thanks for listening we'll see you next week bye dr bethany malone everybody don't forget sunday at 4 p.m this is going to happen march 5th this coming sunday uh at funky picnic lots of events you just heard the episode so i don't need to go into too many details but it's a four-hour-long event, free medical knowledge, either in front of a crowd or in private via text or app or whatever she was talking about. Anyway, they'll explain that when you get there. So if you're having some colon issues, it would be a great time to go to this. But aside from that, this is just going to be a good time. First of all, Funky Picnic is, uh, is a pretty cool little place. I've been there a couple times. I've never had a bad time there. It's always great. I was talking to Scott over at Pouring Glory today. He's the owner of uh, our, our new sponsor. And he was telling me he loves that place. And he really likes the, the people that run Funky Picnic. So I'm telling you right now, Scott, a man in the industry, if he says those people are good as gold, you better believe it. So go check this out. It's going to be a great event. You know, not too late, not too early, 4 p.m. Um, at Funky Picnic. Go check that out. And then our friend here, Bethany, you can find all of her information on her website at www.bethanymalonemd.com and uh, her TikTok. Go check this thing out. Um, Go for the medical knowledge and leave with a smile. (laughs) It's great. Uh, It's just Bethany Malone, MD. Uh, Go check that out. All this stuff will be in the show notes, of course. Uh, What what, what do I want to say? I want to say, doctor, thank you. Bethany, thank you for being on the show. Um, it's it's always kind of mm, a humbling moment. Is that the right word? It shocks me when a prestigious person like this, a doctor, a surgeon specializing in a certain field, somebody of this caliber that reaches out to me and says, hey, can I be on your show? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can be on my show. <laughs> you can be on my podcast, of course. And this is somebody that's, uh, you know, helping our community. She even commented uh, during the recording that this organization that she's uh, donating to is going to funnel all of the funds for this event back into the Fort Worth community. So that's excellent. And that's that's what I like to see. That uh, powerful, intelligent, awesome people like this are not only doing good things, but they're doing good things specifically for the Fort Worth community. So thank you, Bethany. And again, I mentioned this probably two or three times, but you are always welcome on the Fort Worth Roots podcast. And this really was probably 
um, my favorite episode. <laughs> um, that's that's what's fun about comedy, is you know a good good comedian can make you really uncomfortable, just just enough to make you laugh so uncontrollably that you make weird noises. And I made a few weird noises during this episode because it was really funny. Get a little uncomfortable, learn a little bit, laugh a lot. All right, sponsors, real quick. Woodpost Metalworks, we talked about them up front. Go to woodpostmetalworks.com, offer code PODCAST817. Hauk Walker Originals, the OGs, they made the cups from the uh, September event. I say that a lot, and if you did not make it out to the event, what these cups are that I'm talking about, laser engraved with a logo that I made three years ago uh, on a free app. <laughs> and uh, it's just, uh, it's, I'm sorry for the, using the language, but it's dog shit. It's a dog shit logo that I made. Okay. But um, our friends over at Hulk Walker Originals took that design and she made it look really good. And then she turned it into a format that she could use with her laser engraver and made us a fantastic uh, masterpiece that we were able to give out at the show. Um, and that's the kind of uh, creativity and excellence you get from uh, this particular sponsor. So if you need something customized, and it doesn't matter, <laughs> I shouldn't I, I shouldn't put her up to this, right? Like it's not her making you this promise. But in my opinion, you can give her a challenge, and she's going to come through with a win. So if you've got an idea, give her a shot. Keep Fort Worth dollars in Fort Worth pockets. Check out Hauk Walker Originals. Go to uh, HaukWalker.com. Roofing Solutions by Darren Hauk. Um, today we had a little bit of a hailstorm uh, scare. I don't know that we actually got any hail. I didn't see any evidence of it. But as soon as we did, I went to YouTube and I copied a link from a seven-minute and some change video that I made uh, with Mr. Darren. Uh, from Hauk, excuse me, Jesus, from Roofing Solutions by Darren Hauk, um, talking about what happens after we get hit with a hailstorm here in North Texas. It's on the Fort Worth Roots Facebook page, but anytime there's like a hail scare, I'm going to put that up so that you can see it. Basically, what we're talking about is don't let a stranger on your roof and reasons why, and then how to find a reputable roofing company. Nudge, nudge, hint, hint, wink, wink go with roofing solutions but if you don't there's also some really good tips in there and advice like yeah strange people that you've never met before knocking on your door talking about getting on your roof don't let them that's a bad idea okay so anyway uh how we're past that andrew come on roofing solutions by darren hauk roofing solutions hauk.com you can also get them on the phone at 817-692-8496 Okay, we're on Pouring Glory now. Our new sponsor, Scott, who I've mentioned already this episode, um, because I just sat down with him and somebody else that, uh, yeah, we don't need to go into that. Anyway, big things are happening. Scott's involved. Um, Pouring Glory is uh, not only a great place filled with awesome people that have been a supporter of the show for a while, uh, they just recently became a sponsor, but they've been rooting for the show for a long time uh great people excellent food and right now scott is in the middle of putting together some really impressive projects that i was honored to sit in on um 
the initial conversation between Scott and uh, a very influential community leader. Uh, yeah, nameless. No need to name drop, right? Anyway, big things are happening. Pouring Glory is awesome. Go check them out. And whenever you get there, tell them you heard about them on the Fort Worth Roots podcast. It's located over there by Maine at Southside. It's in the near uh, near Southside area. Kind of, let's see, what is that main street there? Doesn't matter. Pull up Google. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes, okay? It's in there. Uh, but if you're familiar with Maine at Southside, you can uh, find that location. Go one block east of that, and there's Porn Glory. It's right there. It's off of Main Street, okay? Uh, but I'll put the address and everything in the show notes. Cool. All right. What else? That's it, man. Go to Bethany's event. She has really done a great job of connecting a lot of different people to this event so that it goes off without a hitch. And sure, she might just want to have an excuse to draw out Fort Worth's best best chefs um, to make these colon healthy recipes, these heart and colon recipes. That might be her real goal so that she can just have some good food and hang out. But it's also for a really good cause. And this is her mission in life. So, um, you know, show out, support this thing. We've all been touched by cancer. I don't care who you are. Um, unless you're living on Mars in a vacuum and uh, you're a robot. Uh, anyway, we've all been t- touched by cancer. One way or another. And we'll probably all get it, let's face it. <laughs> but early diagnosis, uh, information, staying ahead of this thing, not being scared to say things to your doctor like cancer, colon, anus, and rectum. Um, you know, the stuff we covered in this episode, it's uh, it's stuff that's going to put you ahead of the power curve, okay? Uh, early detection. I, uh, if we had to sum it up in one uh, thing, yeah, early detection. And that's what this event's all about, trying to promote information and uh, have some delicious food and, and come have fun. It's a Sunday event, not too early, not too late. It's going to be fun. All right. And I'm, okay, I'll say it right now. I'm going to put it on the schedule. I think I'm going to do it. Let's do it. I'll be there. Fort Worth Roots will be there. We're not going to do anything in an official capacity, but I'm going to have some colon healthy food and it's going to be delicious. Maybe I'll engage in some trivia. Maybe I'll even ask a doctor offline about that painful little thing. (laughs) Should I edit that out? (laughs) I made that up. It's a joke. Anyway. All right. Funky picnic Sunday, this Sunday, 4 p.m. Come have fun. All right, that's it. Sincerely. I love you, and I will see you next week. I am trying to pump out episodes as fast as I can. It's late. It is late tonight, Um, but I had to get this one out to you, and I'm going to try to uh, drop two more. Um, If you want to know what we're dropping, I'm going to start promoting stuff, try to let you know what's coming before it's coming Um, so you can get excited about it. Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. So anyway, if you're not following us on there, check us out. All the social medias, all the things. Just look for Fort Worth Roots. And there's a video with this episode. If you're watching the video now, you already know this. But uh, on top of me feeling wore out from uh, the Jerry Jonestown Massacre, um, never uh, Forever Reckless, uh, Fort Worth Famous, Jerry, did I say Jerry Jonestown Massacre? All of the people, the Funky Panther podcast, all the people that were hanging out with us at the event at Visit Fort Worth, uh, hung out with us after the event and that went on for an exceedingly long time and then by the time uh, Dr. Bethany Malone uh, 
surgeon doctor, Bethany Malone, sat down with me. I was still trying to get my stuff together. And then the machine didn't want to work. Anyway, it was a rough episode. Is that necessary? Do I need to tell you all that? No. I love you. Thank you so much. And I'll see you maybe twice next week. More updates on social. Fort Worth Roots. Yes. Okay. All right. That's it. I love you. Goodbye. Bye. Can I just say one more thing? No, I'm kidding.